the government, the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government, peace, there shall be no end. <laughs> there shall be no end. <laughs> there shall be no end to his government. <laughs> Jesus is not step aside for any democratic vote, legal or stolen. <laughs> for he would not breathe the next moment if I did not give him breath. And because of my mercy and my grace and my peace, are these things even tolerated for the, for the harvesting? But I say to you, once again, as I've spoken to my, through my word, my government knows no end. And of the increase of the government, there shall be peace. And there should be no end upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forevermore. The zeal, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal, the zeal of the Lord shall perform this. Isaiah spoke those words when yet Jesus had not even been born into the earth as a child. When you fast forward years later, and at the appointed time, and at the age of 30 years of age, a 30-year-old male steps forward, son of God, son of man, not half and half, all God, all man. Returning from the wilderness, being tempted 40 days of the greatest temptation any man could know, and did it successfully, and he returned in, this, he returned in the power of the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. You may be going through a season of testing, of trials and times, and you may feel like you're all alone, like you're isolated. You may feel like God has not heard your prayers, but he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. And he understands the temptings and the tests and trials. He has endured all of them. And as he returned, now is the day of your return. He returned in the power of the Spirit of the Galilee, and there went out a fame throughout him out of all the region about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And it was he came to Nazareth where had been his custom was. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read, and, and there was delivered unto him, a 30-year-old male, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened the book, and he found the place where it was written. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Say that with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Point to yourself. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Tell your neighbor. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And he hath anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent you to, to preach deliverance to the captives. And he has sent you to bring recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them which are bruised. 
them which are bruised to set them at liberty. And then he said, now go and preach the, the, the acceptable year of the Lord. Where the, the, the Amplified says the free favors of God will now profusely abound. <laughs> profusely abound. You say, well, I've had favor before. Yeah, but have you had the profusely? I don't know if I even said that right. Pro, 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 profusely. Thank you, Father God, for the merited favor and the profusely favor of God abounded in this day to set the captive free and to deliver them from all religion. Lord, it's the church that needs to be set free. Not so much the sinner, they're looking for help. They welcome Jesus. It's the church, it's the institution of a religion that has locked him out of, out of their synagogues. But not here and not today. For we welcome you, Holy Guest, Holy Spirit, to be the Holy Guest and to rise up on the inside of each one of us this morning and to give expression and to give expression to that which you are and that who you are. <laughs> we celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate. We worship and praise thy holy name. We celebrate and glorify the goodness of who you are. <laughs> we celebrate you, mighty one, holy one, glorious one. We praise the beauty of your holiness. We live not to fill buildings with people, but we live to fill people with the knowledge of his presence. Let's say that again. We, are, we live not to fill buildings with people, but we live to fill people with the knowledge of his presence. Then we will fill buildings with people full of his presence. For without his presence, all you have is some musicians who may be really good and have a lot of talent, but there may be no presence, may be no glory. Might as well play a soundtrack. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus didn't have YouTube. Jesus didn't have the things that we have. Jesus couldn't put a screen up. Jesus didn't play the, the steel guitar, I don't think. I never heard him on the drums. But he had music on the inside of him. Huh? If you can't praise God without that, you're not a praiser anyway. He's looking for those who worship him in spirit and truth. Hallelujah. Why don't we just take our mask off this morning and talk, and talk about it like it really is? Hallelujah. Why don't we take our religious mask off and unplug our religious ears? We're waiting for a day for things to break. We're waiting for a day for things to move. We're waiting for a day to know what to do. I want to tell you, your, your appointment is today, but it was also yesterday and 10,000 yesterdays. Your moment became... When, they, when you come from your mother's womb and they said, it's a boy, it's a girl. That was your day. That is your hour. This is your time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she gave birth to a child. But when you was born again, the same thing happened to you. The same thing happened to you. The same Holy Ghost that breathed upon Mary and she became impregnated with the Messiah. He breathed on you. Glory to God. And they said, it's a girl. Well, it's more than a girl. It's more than a boy. 
It's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> All inside that DNA. In every cell. In every molecule of you. It is beyond God of knowledge in the head. It's beyond learning. For we'll never even fathom in this life to the exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Thank God we'll experience more, but we'll never even see the nth degree. Because the angels are still encircling the throne in Revelation. And they've been going for eons and eons of time. And they get a different view every time they go around after eons and millions and billions and trillions of years. In Revelation, they say as they encircle the throne, they say, wow, holy, 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 holy is he. Glorious one, mighty is he. I don't know if you can't see this morning, but I pray that your eyes are opened. Your ears are unplugged. Praise God that you know the hour in which you live and you know the glorious one who lives on the inside of you. Loose him and let him go. <laughs> Loose him and let him speak. Loose him and let him heal. Loose him and let him preach. Loose him and receive your inheritance. Loose him and receive all the resources that he has on the inside of you laid up before you before you has ever given one day of birth on the earth. In him you are rich. In him you live and move and have your being. Receive it now. I say, I receive it now. I walk in it right now. I walk in it right now. I don't live according and conform to this world in this fashion. I'm not poured into its mold, but I've been poured into Jesus. I've been put into him. And so when you stand him up with me, you can only see one. When the devil looks at you, when the devil comes for you looking for you, if you're hid in him, he doesn't know you from him because it, together you are one and you are one in spirit with him. Praise God. So if the devil wants to attack Jesus, let him go ahead because you're on the inside. Uh, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And certainly because of that, I can do all things. Now, some things, not up to the age of 40 or 50, but I can do all things. And I'll come into the fullness, a good of a ripe age with wisdom and understanding that I may impart that into a younger generation, that they may run their course with wisdom and grace. And we thank you, Lord, for the grace of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit of grace, the spirit of grace. <laughs> Yes, I understand that. I understand that. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. But you can also fall. <laughs> you can also fall upon. We rise up. We rise up in the understanding of who we are. But we thank you for the glorious one manifesting himself in ways and manifestations that they said Paul is doing some unusual things. We have found out that we could give him handkerchiefs or aprons. And when he ministers and just lays his hands upon them, something that comes out of Paul's being gets into the fabric of this cloth. We don't understand it. We don't know what size to bring. We don't know what color it should be. It seems like it doesn't matter if it's purple or turquoise. Whatever we give him, he touches, he releases something on the inside of him that when it gets to the people where it's going, though it may be two minutes away or 200 miles away, when it gets there, whether it takes three years to get there or three minutes, it delivers people of sickness and disease and demons cry out when that cloth, a cloth, touches Jesus. When a cloth touches Jesus, 
and something strange is going on here, something we don't understand that, that, the, the, that those who walk with Jesus is, is doing the same works that he did. While we saw the day the tip, that Peter came out of the temple and the people flogged him to be, to be healed, but they all couldn't get to him. And the reports are saying this, that even if the shadow, even if the shadow of this man even touches you, you will be healed and you will be delivered of all sickness indeed if you get in touch with his shadow. <laughs> I'm looking at you right now all around this room. I see you, but many of you who stepped out now, I see your shadow. Hallelujah. What kind of power is there in a shadow? Hallelujah. Do you have an expectation? Huh? Have you considered that there might be more to life than what you're living? Hallelujah. There's something that's called, there's something that's called a safe recklessness abandonment. Not one that you calculate, but that you know that you're in him. And so even though it's unusual to you, and it's outside of your personality. Because most people are living inside of their personality. So when they come to church, they have personality. But when they get home and the men get home and they get excited about the game, you know, whether it be a football or a hoop or a soccer or whatever, they'll scream. They'll say, go, 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 block, block, block. But they get to church and they got a holy shut up. How did you have a personality change? Oh, you were excited by natural things that has no eternal value. <laughs> but who's with you here today is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He is God. He is God. He doesn't know God. He is God. He's not a God of gods. He is God himself all by himself and does not need your help to be God. He was God in the morning. He'll be God after lunch and he'll be God at noontime. And while you're asleep, he'll be God all the time. And God does not take orders from man. You say, well, you know, you say the United States and China is competing for the power force of the world. God is not impressed by their power. He could blow every nation off the planet if he just sneezed the wrong way. Hallelujah. But why don't we get impressed with him? Why don't we get impressed with his son, Jesus? Why don't we get impressed with the righteousness of the righteous and the holy one who knows all, does all, sees all? We ought to get impressed to raise up to a higher expectation than ever before. You ought to get a no in your voice. You ought to get a no in your gut. You ought to say, I'm fed up. That's enough, devil. I'm fed up. They threw a man of God into a lion's den, and God says, you can throw him in there. I know you mean to harm him. I know you need to kill him. I know you starve those lions to tear, the, to tear him apart so that they'll worship an image of a man. God says that will not happen. For the evil that you took my man underground, I'm even under the ground. You shut him up in a pit and put a lid over him, but I, I was under the ground with him. And I turned those lines into a certain pillow and mattress. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You think God can't find you? You think God doesn't know your address? Oh, he knows your address, okay. Hallelujah. You say, but this trial stayed with me so long. It stayed with me so long. Oh, God, it stayed with me so long. Egypt was in bondage for 400 years, but God says, let's go. It's time to go. He had a fight to get him out. I'm not talking about Pharaoh. That wasn't no fight at all. That was fixed. I'm talking about his own people who had the image on the inside that they were slaves. They were bondage. They were worthless. And God had to bring them out. He sprung them out. And he stripped Egypt of all its resources and gold. Oh, God's brought you out, but now he's going to come in here and say, hey, we're not coming out here empty-handed. No, you've been through an ordeal. You're going to get paid back for all that. You're going to get paid back. God has a book of numbers. He's, he's a great mathematician. You don't need to teach him calculus. He understands it. And they stripped the Egyptians of all the gold and the silver and the jewels, and they left that place empty. But Pharaoh's heart was hard once again. And he says, I will not be embarrassed. History will not record that slaves, slaves took down my kingdom. Took down well, whose kingdom? Oh, a man's kingdom. So it was a kingdom clash. It was a kingdom clash. The kingdom of Pharaoh, the kingdom of Egypt, and the kingdom of all kings. <laughs> and they came down there, and in all natural ways, they were trapped. There was no way out. It was for sure death. There was not another option. And at that point, Pharaoh said, I don't want to bring them back and make them slaves. I want them slaughtered, every one of them. Br bring Moses back to me alive. I got plans for him. Oh, man makes plans. <laughs> man makes plans, good and evil. Arrow had an evil plan, but God had a plan for the beginning of time. Hallelujah. God planned the existence of every human being before one was ever born. He knows the number of your days. He knows the nares on your head. He knows you're going up and you're sitting down. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. When, when are you going to break out? When is, what is it ever going to take to get us to break out? Hallelujah. Do you have to be pushed to a Red Sea? Do you have to be about half drowned and embarrassed? And the people were feared. They were scared and they looked and they saw Pharaoh and his army behind me in a cloud of dust and smoke. And once again, they cried out to Egypt, or they cried out to Moses. Always mad at Moses. God sends a deliverer. They don't like the, they don't like the deliverer. They don't like the package that God sends to them. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he dresses. I don't like how he preaches. It's too little. It's too loud. It's too long. It, 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 it's all this. Forget the package. Get the message. Get the message. Get the message. You may not like the messenger, but get over yourself. Pray for the messenger, but get the message. Don't get offended by the messenger and, and lose the message. What's the message? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Moses himself, 
He'd never been trapped to a Red Sea. Moses himself have seen wonders he never saw before. He looked behind. Moses feared himself, and Moses began to cry out because Pharaoh and all his army was right behind him. And Moses cried to God, and God said to Moses, if you can, if you can handle this, if you can handle this, he said, Moses, why are you crying to me? Well, I can think of at least a few thousand reasons behind this. And God says, what is it you have in your hand? And he looked and he had that staff, that shepherd's staff. For him, it was a symbol of the anointing. He had already been using it. God had already used that shepherd's staff to bring them out. But God wasn't through. It looked like it was all over. It looked like they had won most of the rounds, but Pharaoh would end, he, he would win the war. But God says, you want to go swimming? Let's go swimming on dry ground. You may, you may think that's a big miracle. Well, go down to the river and lake, try it. Fill up your bathtub and give it a good whirl. So Moses put the rod in the water, and you know what happened. It divided. The water stood up. A wall on the left and a wall on the right. God sent down the Holy Spirit supernatural blow dryer. And they went over on dry ground. How you... How do you dry the ground that fast? Where millions of people have to go across and auction and carts and all that they owned. And it stayed there in a pillar of fire. The pillar of fire withheld Pharaoh's army that he could approach no more. It stood there because he remembered what he said in Isaiah. This is my government. I'm the king. What man? What man? What man? What man? What man? When they had reached the other side and they were at that safety, the walls were still up, as you know. It looks like that Pharaoh still had a path to come. And foolishly, he did. He sent every man that he had in there. When it was all over, the walls collapsed. And God's people saw the end of the enemy for the last time. It was over. But I want to tell you, it was over before it started. Goliath was as dead as a big head of food could be before David picked up any stones. You say, I don't know how to operate a slingshot. The Holy Ghost does. He's a slinger from way back. He made the rocks. He gave the wisdom for the slingshot. He guided to the rock to the one place, the one place he could get to Goliath and take, his, take him down. And as David prophesied, as he decreed, as he spoke the word, when David decreed the word of what was going to happen before it happened, those words that he decreed, thou shalt decree a thing, thou shalt decide and decree a thing. And as you decree it, I will establish what you say. If your word is in my word and your, what you say is in my will, it has now become legislated in my government. It has, it has now become a law. Praise you, Jesus. You can be seated. We'll do the offering at the, at the end. I'm almost at the end. Praise God. Are we on? Amen. Welcome to face.
Well, welcome here. Praise the Lord on Facebook. I get it all mixed up. God is good. Let's just give him one more good shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. I want to tell you those who are watching or are listening at another time or watching right now, whatever's happening here is happening there. Hallelujah. Isn't it cool that the Holy Ghost can be in more places at one time? How many would like to be in more than one place at one time? It would help your schedule sometimes. If it didn't, if it didn't cost you any strength or any resources, whatever, it'd be cool to be two or three places at one time. One of you would maybe go to work, the other stay home, you know, and you know, clean up around the house. The other one would just go out and just said, "Let's have a, let's have a Winnie the Pooh day." <laughs> did, you, did you know that when you get to heaven, you're gonna be able to do all those kind of things? Praise God, you're gonna be wall walking right through the walls. I'm gonna come to all y'all's house, walk through the wall just one time, just on purpose. <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm gonna just walk up and say, "Hey." Praise the Lord. Brought you some ice cream <laughs> from on the other side. Come out of the mountains, down to my beach house. Hallelujah. God's so good. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes about claiming your territory. Claiming your territory. We're going to go a little bit fast. The scriptures are going to be up here for you, most of them. But it's Psalms 115. Verses 14 through 16, and you may just want to watch on the screen because uh, um, do, do as you like, but if you're, I'm telling you so you can make notes, but I'm using certain translations on purpose. And this is the uh, ESV, is that right? Are we there? Praise the Lord. We're sober up in Jesus' name. You know, you, it's good to drink of the Spirit. Can't even live this life sober. What are you talking about? You need to drink of the spirit. That <clears throat> you need the new wine. Thank. Someone say the new wine. Ask your neighbor. Said, "Have you been drinking of the new wine?" <laughs> Hallelujah. I declare, everyone watching, <clears throat> you need a miracle in your life and in your home. Your family, whatever it is, your finances. Today is the day of your miracle. Today that we're claiming the inheritance that you need. Today is as we speak the word of God there and you put yourself in agreement with it, today it's going to happen. Today, today is the turnaround day. It's not that it was on God's calendar in our day. It's just that we got ready to receive something. You know, we put, you know, like, to, like to, to, tonight we'll come back and have double portion night. Well, I'm not trying to fight with people but so that means the lord had one or uh, this year will be double portion that means last year god let's work with a single anything that god's going to do that he hadn't done that means he was holding something back to another day right i understand there's events like or the rapture and and there's plenty of people who don't believe there will be a rapture and, and that's fine too y'all well, i'm gonna go y'all can stay praise the lord and you'll be fine here because god will protect you but uh while he's protecting you i'll be at the the marriage supper of the Lamb while you're being protected here. Praise the Lord. Did you find it yet? Okay, I'll just read. So Psalms 115, verses 14 through 16, and this is the ESV, I think. English Standard Version. It says, May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. 
May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse 16 said, The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. We're still talking about kingdom, you understand. The message translation, I think, of the, I think it's just the 16th verse. It says, or 15, 16, it says, May you be blessed by God who made heaven and earth. This, this isn't like a natural person, you know, like you can go back and search the history of any city, <clears throat> Genesis 1800 and whatever, and give you a, a general and some army because the, the railroad came through here and all that. This is not like, blessed be General blah, 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 who found the Thorsby and Jemison. No, blessed be God who made heaven and earth. The heaven of heavens is for God. But he put us in charge of the earth, message translation. The heaven of heavens is for God, but he put, us, he put you in charge of the earth. The ESV, I'm just going to give you some verses. These are promises. First Chronicles 29, 11 in the ESV says, Yours, O God, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that's in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Isn't that awesome? What, Psalms 103, 19 in the NIV says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over about half the stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, that was a bad translation. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Daniel 2, verses 20 through 22 in the ESV says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. Hmm. Well, today we, 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 we sprung forward. I'm, I'm going to pray he quits changing that and leaves it like it is right now, in Jesus' name. Well, let's just go ahead and legislate that right now, in Jesus' name. Maybe just no one's ever done it. They're just like complained about it. You ever thought about that before? How, how many like it stayed like this? Four of you? Oh, y'all want the other way? So I can't do that then. How many like it stay this way? Okay. In a democracy, we won. We say that law passes in Jesus' name. We spring and we stay sprung. Hallelujah. Daylight saving time. Blessed be the name. Uh, it just gives me time, you know, to do my honeydews. I have so many of them. Praise the Lord. What you laughing at? You know I do. <laughs> Amen. He changes times and seasons. He removes, he removes kings. Parentheses presidents. You getting there? Uh, now, what, no, no, listen, this is the ESV, Daniel 2, 20 to 22. He says, he changes times and seasons. He removes kings, presidents also. And then he sets up kings, presidents. Because, you know, I mean, you know, if we was in England, whatever, then we, you know, <clears throat> we, we don't live in a system of, uh, what do you call it, monocry, uh, yeah, thank you. I'm about half drunk up here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. It's really good. It is warm in this house. Is it just me? It's not. Let's spend some money. Praise the Lord. Let's, I'm sure they'll give it a dollar extra. I mean, the praise the Lord. It is, it's hot in this house. Hallelujah. Of course, I'm, I'm geared up, you see. Hallelujah. 
You know, if you <clears throat> a good Pentecostal never have to go to the gym. Now, if you're Episcopalian, or I love all my Episcopalian Baptist brothers, you, you might need to go work out. But if you worship right, you can skip that part. You just get it all in. I know I burned off my breakfast. Praise the Lord, it's, it's gone. <laughs> and enjoyed every bit of it. Well, you know, David danced before the Lord and all the people, and his wife was embarrassed. She says, you, you, you look like an idiot out there. He says, you ain't seen nothing yet. She said, you picked up your skirt. Thank God we don't wear skirts. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm going to scare you for the nursery real soon. And preach, preach two days straight. <laughs> but, you know, they were, they were bringing... They were bringing... Y'all help me. The, the what? Yeah. They represented the, the presence of God. Thank you. Thank you. They were bringing the ark back. It had been down at what? Obadiah's, Obadiah's, whatever his name is. I don't even know an Obadiah or an Obadiah. I'd just rather say this is at Frank's house. <laughs> Go back and read it, and Frank was getting so blessed. I mean, it, it did. you go back and read it, Frank, Frank Obadiah, you know what his name is. He was getting so blessed, everything was happening, and his herds was multiplying, and his crops, just because of the presence of God was sitting in his front yard. And the word, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Go read it. That's what happened. And he was getting so blessed that news came to David of what was happening down at Frank's house. And he says, y'all need to go fetch that and bring that here. I don't know why we're sitting there. Well, it was after, you know, they was bringing it, and the other fella, you know, George, he thought he was, he thought it was going to fall off and stumble, so he was going to help prop God up so God wouldn't fall because God was getting kind of old. And he put his hand up there to help prop God up in, you know, in the ark, and he, he became crispy critters. He just like, he, he had a poof ministry. He was like, he was there, and then he was, he was gone. He'd been okay in this covenant back then. <laughs> There's just some things, don't do this at home. <laughs> but he did it. So David said, we're just going to let it stay right here. <laughs> God might be bad about something. We're going to leave it right there. Y'all walk this way real fast. But God wasn't mad. There was order. So David went to fetch it, and he got so excited. I mean, he got so excited, he left the castle and went down there with the people. And they got out in the street and opened the gates, you know, to the castle. And, and David just started doing the, the, ju the, the jukey do, the wally walk. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student of church history. You know? don't, don't look that up, though. Just, just take my word for it. And the closer it got, that's where the brain, the, uh, see, uh, what do you call the dancing this way? Moonwalking. Yeah, that started with David. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson actually perfected it. He did. And then uh, John Travolta, you know, when he did the movie Grease and the Thrill and all that kind of stuff, he, he did pretty good for a white guy. But he, 
Michael Jackson's like, bless his heart. But David saw the ark of God, the presence of God coming and got that excited. I feel sad for the church today to know, to know who they are and that that's that same, not, not, what, not the, the same presence that Obadiah was getting blessed with and the other man put his hand to steady it, took his life. And that same ark that represented the presence of God coming to you then to get that excited. But you get people come to church and they won't hardly talk or move. That's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. What, you say, why is that it? Well, because you're living in the flesh most of the time. And you listen conform to the world. You hear sermons and you pick it up so you think, you know, I know that. But you know it's really, you know, you, you know it in your mind. But it, it hadn't touched you yet in your soul. You live in that personality. That's why you stay stuck all the time. You know, sometimes you just got to get aggressive. Sometimes you got to do things out of the ordinary. Sometimes you got to do something crazy. I mean, they run out of wine, and Jesus' mother looks at him and says, you know, hey, they're out of wine. He says, what's that got to do with this? He says, I wasn't even coming to the wedding. I was busy Saturday because, you know, football came's coming on. And... uh but you drove me to this wine, I mean, I mean, to this wedding, and now they're, they're out of wine, and I don't even drink the stuff. Or he did, I don't know. But it's okay. Don't write me a letter about what he drank. I'm just like, <laughs> I'll just throw it in the trash. I, I, I get tired of reading people's letters. Praise the Lord. You know, you say, well, you, you know, you ought to take criticism. Well, I, I do if it's constructive, and it's right. But it's just easier for you to change channel and watch something else. Just leave me alone. I'm, I'm, I'm happy the way I am. I, I like, I like my, myself. I had to learn to like me, you know, and here's why. I figured I was going to spend more time with me than anybody else. <laughs> Turned out so far, that's true. <laughs> now, Michelle, bless her heart, she's, she signed up for the, you know, the rest of the shift. <laughs> I asked her, I said, I need to go run a couple errands, and she's do some stuff around the house, and she said, well, take your time. I said, well, while I'm out, I may go here, here, and here. She said, do what you need to do. Just drive safe, don't rush. She said, are you going to get your lunch while you're out? And I said, I can. She said, well, that'd be good. Before I got home, I've been gone hours. She said, I won't be here when you get gone. I'm going to go drink coffee with Christian, see the kids. And she said, so I'll be back before it's time to go to bed. I said, do you need to spend the night or do you need me to stop at the Hampton Inn? I can stop at the Hampton Inn if you need me to. <laughs> I need prayer, y'all. I need prayer. I need prayer. Help, help me. 40 years next month. Best thing ever happened to her, me. Praise the Lord. So that, that ark came in and David started dancing. Did he? I mean, it, it wasn't a little... It wasn't a little jingle. I mean, he, he danced vigorously. He twirled, he danced, he praised, he shouted, he hollered, he screamed. And his wife was up there, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, she's the queen and he's the king. Oh, I can't even look at him. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Well, if you read her story, it didn't turn out real good. They put her on Medicare, and they couldn't get her no care. 
And she just kind of left. So David got another wife. I think that was a mistake. But anyway, he, he got so excited because the presence of God was, was, was coming back. Since you've been born again, that same presence of God that was in the, the same, it's the identical presence that was in the ark that blessed Obadiah or whatever his name was, Obadiah, whatever his name was, Frank, and killed the other guy lives in you. That same glorious presence. Glor gl glorious presence. Man, y'all think about this sometimes. When you feel all alone, you don't know what to do. You ought to dance like David danced. You ought to pick your skirt up, not too high, but just, you know, just pick it up and just, and just give it a, a go. You ought to shout your mind down sometime. Well, the doctor said this. Well, he's a doctor. Praise the Lord. Thank God for him, but he's a practitioner. Jesus ain't, Jesus not a practitioner. He had, on, he had on his staff a physician, Luke. Luke, probably, uh, if you read the book of Luke, the reason I like to read the book of Luke is because it's the most detailed. The reason it's most detailed because he was a doctor. Luke paid attention to, Luke the physician paid a lot of attention to details. You, you can read it in comparison with the Synoptic Gospels and you'll see Luke will have more adjectives He'll describe it in clear detail. <clears throat> they went into Peter's house after there was miracles and went into rest and eat and went to Peter's house and his mother-in-law was sick and had a high fever. And Luke was right there. Luke's writing about it. He's right there. And Jesus just walked over and, and, uh, <clears throat> and had a conversation, not with Peter's mother-in-law, but with the fever. And it said he rebuked the fever. I preached this years and years ago in Clanton. At a, at a healing school, we were having healing school. I don't, I can't, I don't, uh, yeah, I do, man. Well, thank God. Man, the Holy Ghost can remember that. Wow, imagine, imagine the Holy Ghost can remember things. Whew. The word rebuked is the, is the Greek word eptomeo. I may not have pronounced it just right, but if you can live with that, you know. Eptomeo. Jesus eptomeoed the fever. And what that word means in the Greek is that means Jesus judged that fever at a higher level than what it was and found it not worthy to stay in her body. He said, that's the woman that was bowed over for all those years. He did the same thing. He said, this woman, because she's a daughter of Abraham. He said, this is wrong. Just because she's a daughter of Abraham, just say she did everything right. That say she was religious and kept all the rules. He says, that's a daughter of Abraham. He says, y'all been letting this go on for 18 years? And he rebuked that, that spirit of infirmity. And immediately she stood up. He judged all that from a higher level. But see, the ability to judge those things are in you and have been put into your, been put into your um, <clears throat> responsibility to judge. He said, well, I'm not mean judging people. I'm not saying that. The sicknesses and diseases are put to your responsibility. You know, really, Satan doesn't have the ability to make you sick in the sense of people say, well, this disease came from Satan. He 
put this cancer on my husband or put this cancer on my wife. That really, uh, don't want to get off into that much, but that really is not correct. Uh, he doesn't have the ability to put cancer on someone. He can cause all kinds of symptoms that lead to, your, to a thought pattern that if you open a door, it can turn into that. What, what I mean by that is this. <clears throat> John 10.10 10 said he come to steal, kill, and destroy. Not put on, but to steal. So, so, to, so for someone to have a disease and that disease remain in their body, which means is he, come, he, stole, he stole their health. He didn't come to give them cancer. He stole their health, which opened the door for the cancer. So he, has, he, he knows he doesn't have the authority to come to a believer's life and put a, a sickness or disease on them. The door has to be opened somehow. So he come to steal, kill, and destroy, not to bring a certain disease. If the door is not open, he, he can't come in. So you could have all kind of pain. You could have false pain. And they could look for everywhere and never find it. Spirit infirmity is one of the weakest demons that there is, but, but it'll move around all the time. It'll show up in your body over here, and then you'll, you'll take authority over here, and then, but, but it'll run over here. I can give you a hundred stories about the spirit infirmity. <clears throat> Some of it I learned, you know, through just, you know, just working with people. And then took me a while to figure some things out, and some other people helped me. And, and I thought, well, it's just like we, it's here, then we get victory over it. But then, you know, three days later, it's like now I've got a problem over here. There wasn't no problem. And uh, <clears throat> one day, he said, you haven't dealt with spirits, so he, uh, he, he's just packing up his luggage and moving to a new room. And he'll do that forever if you let him. He said, but you'll have to evict him. If you're going to stop this, you'll have to evict him. Because he'll, he'll just be real quiet and hunker down. And when you walk off and have your victory party, he just moves to another room. Then he starts manifesting over there. Y'all hear or not? But if you evict him, if you serve papers and serve notice for him, that he has to go. And he, know, he knows he has to go. He knows that. But he just knows most Christians don't really know that. He knows that they know it here, but they don't, they don't actually believe it in here. But you have to believe with your heart and say with your mouth. So when you get to the place of believing, you'll be in the place of receiving. He who believes, receives. John 6 is the believer hath. Not hopes to have, hath. Amen. Well, so, in, in, and uh, I didn't finish Daniel 2, but it said he sets up kings and he removes kings. And he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells in him. Micah 4, 3 in the ESV says this. He'll judge between many peoples and shall decide disputes from strong nations far away. They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against him, neither shall they learn war anymore uh, for sake of time because we're <clears throat> almost out of time now how long we've we been going 46 minutes well okay we, we only have five minutes praise the lord praise the lord y'all got five minutes i decided i'd, I'd, I'd stop earlier today hallelujah not for me I'm, i don't have to be anywhere but hallelujah I want y'all to be able to get that fresh chicken today. 
Our main text has been Job twenty two twenty eight. The Amplified says, you shall decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established, and then the light of God's favor shall shine upon you. The light never shines until you make a decision, until you decide, until you legislate. And, uh, and then the NIV says, you shall declare a thing, and it will be established. And then the light should be shining upon your ways. So I want you to get the order that you, there's a decision, that has, there's a thinking part that comes before the speaking part. Creation, God knew what he wanted, he thought, he imagined, he saw it, then he spoke it. So decreeing is not just speaking, decreeing is deciding, it's thinking you see it in your heart, your mind, your imagination before you give voice to it. Because the word of God is what? It's voice activated. If there's no voice activation, faith, is, faith has come, but, never has, but it's not released. Faith has to be released. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, but it still won't bring you to any conclusion until you speak the word. When you do that, and I'm talking to kings again this morning, you legislate, you decree, you declare, and heaven says, it's, it's the same thing as when he says, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth should be loose in heaven. That, that's what you're doing. So that means most people really don't even know who they are. And even when they hear things like this, it's, it, it becomes a sermon to them because they've been so conditioned to just trying to win in life and just trying to, just trying to keep the ground. Not, not stay ahead, but just, just trying to hold the ground. If I can just hold out. That was our testimony, sir, for years. So y'all just pray that I'll hold out faithful to the end. Well, you, you, um, excuse me for saying this, but you're not supposed to hold out. You're supposed to be kicking butt. Ain't no hold out. You're supposed to be kicking you know, like R. David Shambach. He said, he said, I kicked 17 devil's butts 22 miles a day. That's Shambach, you know. And he was famous for saying, what did he say? He said, you don't have a problem. He said, all you need is faith in God. Well, he's pretty wild because he hung around with A.A. Allen. He was, he was kind of the right hand of A.A. Allen. and saw all those miracles. It affected him. So he got on Shambach. He said, the greatest miracle I ever saw, you can watch it on YouTube. I've shown it years ago. Uh, someone asked Shambach, said, what's the greatest miracle you ever saw with, uh, with uh, A. Allen? He says, well, that's easy. I ain't got to think about that. He says, it was in Birmingham, Alabama. Woman brought a baby that wasn't even formed, no eyes in its head. I don't think it had ears. Had a mouth and a piece of a nose. And he says, and a. Allen wasn't going to be able to get to her, the baby. So the, one he, the woman saw, she only had enough, she wanted to stay in the meeting, but she only had so much money. And she had no, no money to get home, and she had enough money to eat in one more hotel. And she went and saw, and he says, I, I promise you he'll pray for you. If the service ends, he don't get to you. I may get in trouble, but I'll, I'll get you to him if I got to take you into, her, into his room, which may get me fired. But I promise you, when he saw that baby, it, it, just, it just did something to him. And that baby had like 26 different diseases from birth. And Shambach, I think the, he, got, he got her there, and I forget the details, you know, if it was before the service or after, but A. Allen laid hands on that child. And all of a sudden, the miraculous began to happen. And uh, <clears throat> Shambach said it was customary for 
A. Allen to say, now y'all close your eyes and pray with me. And Schambach then seen the baby. He, he said, he said, hey, well, ain't none of me going to close my eyes. I'm going to see this wide open. <laughs> he said, y'all close your eyes if you want to. <laughs> and he says, he laid hands on that Bible and said, all of a sudden, he said, first the eyes, he said, there was a swirling took place. He said, it's like light, rays of light. It was going in a circle of motion. For like, he said, like two minutes. And then it departed. And he said, there was two beautiful blue eyes right there. Eye sockets, you know, eye sockets was made in the eyes. And then the arms, you know, one grew, I think, in. And one, you know, one was turned the other way. Or, you know, it was just a short arm you know much shorter and it grew out and all that and grew a hand fingernails legs everything uh two ears came came on the baby filled out the nose and it had part of a mouth and it had a whole mouth tongue came in and everything but you know the lord don't do stuff like that no more <laughs> he's getting older so he had to pass his ministry off to jesus and jesus is getting older So, no, that's that's foolishness, right? So, so why would we th think stuff like that? So we have to decide and decree things. So let me see right here where I can finish right here. Uh, I'll finish right here. I just want to remind you that the word declare and establish, the word declare is the is the Hebrew word. If you look it up, 1504 in Strong's is gazer or gazar in the Hebrew and it means to divide, to cut in two. So when you, de when you declare something, you're, you're decreeing it. You're declaring it. It means it's cut in two, as in two parts. When you decree, when you gazar, you are given official order, command. This is the actual Greek words. It means to decide upon, to come to a conclusion in the thinking, in the, plan in the planning process. It reveals that the decree actually starts in your thinking and planning processes before it's spoken. It also means to come to a conclusion, to make up one's mind, to place up in the spirit of mind, to determine beforehand, and that decide and decide that in advance before you speak. Can't get into nothing else. So that's what we're doing. We're taking our place. We're elevating to the place that you, actually, uh, that would be wrong. We're, we're, we're not elevating in the sense of we're not here, but we're coming to here. In the spirit, you're already there. It's just we're, 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 we're awakening to what is. Praying before the service, you know, Pastor Matt was talking about several things that was really good and completely true and he was talking about you know the awakening that we're already in sometimes like if you watch a movie or you, you maybe you've been in a situation to where you maybe went to a hospital or something or you've been somewhere and then someone wakes up maybe they had an accident and they wake up in a hospital and they, and they say where am I well it's not it's not that they aren't there they've already been taken there but they're just waking up physically waking up and then they're looking around him and they say, because they do not know the surroundings, they say, where am I? And they say, well, you've been in the hospital. Why and how long have I been here? Well, if you're, if you're a good sound sleeper, 
we, we might could come into your room and rearrange the furniture and take out some pictures and put in some new ones and we you know we could stick a, a beautiful picture here and a scarecrow over in the corner or we, we, you know whatever you might be in the same room but the surroundings would change and then you would have to you, know, you, you would look at the surroundings you're you're not elevating to a place a higher place in other words you're you're not going up higher in the spirit in one sense yes and no because you're already there you're already, you're already seated in heavenly places so there's no place above that but there has to be an awakening to that there has to be an awakening but it, but the, here's the problem people are waiting for the result of what that would be like then they're going to believe it because you would say, well, it felt like if I was here, things would be different in my life. It wouldn't be going on the way they are if it was really like, you know, the Bible. If it was really like, you know, like if the Bible was really true, you know, things would be, go, be going better. Well, you, you have to understand how everything, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. But that wasn't the beginning. There was a world before that. Hmm? Satan was already here. He'd already been kicked out. He's already one cause of chaos. It was darkness on the face of the earth. And the Holy Spirit, which is God, God, God the Father, God, Son, God, Holy Ghost, and, and God spoke, he decreed, he gazarred, he established, he put, he put into motion, he made a decision in his thinking and said, this place is dark, but he never said that. It told you it was dark, but it did not record God saying, wow, this is really dark, we got problems. It was dark, but he just didn't go there. He just says, so let, let there be what? Light. You say, well, my body hurts. Well, we all understand that. I, I understand that to a measure. I have understood it to a great measure someday. But I could, say, I could say that or I could just say what the truth is. Finish with this. This is over five minutes. I apologize. And I've taught this before, but this, is, this, this will help you if you listen to it. Uh, yeah, you, you probably already know this. I'm sure you do. So this, is, this won't be revelation to you, but just because you know it doesn't mean that you're remembering and you're, you're, you're actively working in it. This is something easy to let slip. If, if you'll stay consistent with the word and what you're saying and the way that you say it, and you'll say it always, then you'll put, the, you'll put the enemy at a much greater disadvantage. And what I mean by that is saying this. Let's say it was health or sickness. If you say, by his stripes I'm healed, it depends on how, and you say it the same way, and then you say it the next day, and you say it two months from now, and you say it six months from now, the enemy doesn't, he can't read your mind. He cannot do that. People think he can read your mind. He can put thoughts in your mind, but he can't read your mind. The only reading he does, he does, he does a reading, but the reading he does is he gauges your response. He has to bring something in the flesh to you to oppose you. Then based on your response to that, he's reading the mind in that sense of how you're gauging what's happened to you. If you have a, oh, my gosh, you know, or I can't stand this tomorrow, or this is terrible. Well, then that gets him the response he needs. He knows that you're, you're pretty vulnerable right here. He, he's checking you in all these areas, your home, your family, your marriage, your kids, your finances. He's checking all these areas. And the only way he knows if he's inflicting pain on you was based on how you respond to what's going on. 
But if, you, if you're just the same guy all the time, if you said, well, I'm having trouble with nosebleeds, and you say, well, in Jesus' name, and you speak two or three scriptures over that, and you say the same thing, and then uh, four months later, and, and now you say, well, by his stripes, I'm healed. Himself took my infirmities. He bore my sickness. You know, just whatever, he, he came with healing in his wings. Praise God, I'm healed. Top of his soul's feet. And use the same verse. And then, let's say six months later, you was having situations, and you went there, and they say, you're, you're in four, stage four cancer. Now watch this. You say, well, praise God, by stripes and heal. Well, we, we don't think you have but about two months to live. Well, praise God, by stripes and heal. Amen. Glory to God. Y'all want to go get some lunch? Now, that may be a lot easier to say um, than, than do it, but do you, do you understand the principle I'm trying to get across? See, he, 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 he's looking for that response because they release something at you and they, they effectively can't give you the cancer because he, but he could steal health. If he steals the health and the mind goes with it from the spirit to the flesh, then you have an open door where something can be placed. But he can't just come and give you that. He has to steal something first. But, but just saying the same thing every day, and then you don't, you know, instead of saying like, well, I've been sneezing, well, I'm healed in Jesus' name. But then stage four cancer, oh my God, I need a bunch of people to pray right now. I got stage four cancer. And I don't mean to diminish that in any way, so please don't. I don't mean to diminish that at all. I know people have lived and died. So I, I don't make light of that. I'm just trying to teach a principle. That if, if you'll stay the same, no matter what area it's in, then, he, then he'll say, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting to her. I mean, th this ain't right because this is where they ought to be going nuts. This, is, this, is, this should be panic mode. I mean, we, we, we've studied humans for a long time. This, this should be like, woo. I mean, we should be like in counseling. And then they'll say, well, maybe they don't have enough sense to need, no, they need counseling. So they'll gaze that for a while. It, it really just comes down to a stare down contest. Miracles happen just like boom. When I prayed for people like that and got miracles, it was great for them. It was real fun for me. I mean, you know, when someone can't hear and then their ears open up, that's fun. When they didn't even have an eardrum, then one is created, that's fun. Now, I know I didn't create the eardrum, but it, it, it's, it's fun being on, the, on my end. and get, get to do, I mean, isn't that fun? It's exciting. It's good to help and bless people. Christ in you, the hope of glory, just flowing through. But most of the time, it, it's a process. There's, there, it's a process. It don't have to drag on forever. It's not, not, not supposed to go on 25 years. And if you need help, just get help. There's nothing wrong with getting help. My God, just get help. I don't want people to hear a faith message because that's what happened. Brother Hagin never taught what's happening in faith churches where people feel condemned to tell anyone something's wrong with them or people feel condemned to go get help. Brother Hagin never taught that. I don't know how it got to that place. I do, but I won't address it. But he never intended for that to happen. If you need help, get help. But, but take your faith with you. My God, take your faith with you because you might go in and get help on something like this. And they, might, you know, they, they might move the chart over there and you know, move your brain out and something else. They might give you a brain transplant and you post it, you know, just have, you got a hang fingernail somewhere. So take your faith with you is what I'm saying. But if you just stay consistent all the time, see, you, I, I, well, I'm strong in the Lord and the power is might. Amen. 
Jesus said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you will, it should be done unto you. Praise God. My, he's in me. My, his words is in me. I'm in him. It's a great day. He's the vine, I'm the branch. I'm rooted in him. He, boy, he's rooted in everything. It's a great day. Cancer ain't got a chance to live in me. Doesn't have a chance. It may come, but it'll go just as fast as it can. He come at me one way, he'll go out seven different ways. Lord's restoring everything to me. It's all being restored. It's a great day. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord, and I, I agree with you. Hate the devil in Jesus' name. Devil go to hell. Praise the Lord. It's all it's awesome. See, see, there, there's nothing changed. Nothing changed. So that's all he does is, is he tries and he gauges your response. That's what familiar spirits are. They've studied people. They've studied their habits. They've studied their personalities. They've studied your responses at different times. You know, if you work with the public, and a lot of you have worked with the public, you can come across some, I don't want to say kooks, you, you, some unusual sorts of personalities. And before ministry, I was always in management somewhere. I either managed a store or, you know, co-owned one. So uh, I don't think you have, you might have a story I never heard, but I, I heard a lot of them, all of them. And, and so if, if that'll get under your skin, and use the Lord to use someone close to you because that's where you're the most vulnerable. So you don't, you don't really get hurt, hurt by some guy that, live under, that lives under the bridge. I don't mean to diminish the guy living in the park or under the bridge by him speaking things over you but someone close to you, someone that you have feelings for, someone that you love, someone that their words can hurt more than someone that you don't know that well. Like people who occasionally write, you know, and they watch something and they're like, you know, like this place is whatever and whatever. And just, I'm, that don't mean, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean nothing to me. I'm joking when I do all that. You know that, don't you? But yeah, well, we, we've had them write, but that, that doesn't mean anything to me. They asked Brother Hagin about that. Some they said, "Well, aren't you going to say? Aren't you going to say something about these people criticizing you?" He says, "He said, do you know what they're saying?" He said, "No, I don't. I don't want to know what they're saying." He said, well, "Brother Hagin, but not, they're not just saying it. They're writing books with your name and saying what you're teaching on faith is just a fallacy, and uh, all this kind of stuff. And you're, you know, you're just a whatever." And uh, uh, he said, "It's okay. It doesn't matter." They said, well, you ought to say something about it. You ought to put out some kind of statement. He said, well, you know, if putting out one man's candle don't make yours burn any brighter. And so they asked him, they said, well, have you ever heard? They, they went on to tell him, well, hadn't you ever heard of so-and-so? He said, he, he said, no, I don't think I have. He said, oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's written a book with your name in it and destroying the whole, you know, the whole message here. And he said, ah, it don't matter. He says, We'll just pray you come to the light. He said, I, he said I, I've been ridiculed and, and persecuted by experts. Who cares about that little spurt? <laughs> you, you know why I said that? Because he was a man of love. His, his assignment was faith, but if you ever was around him very much, you knew that he was a man of love. And he was never going to talk about you. Didn't mean he agreed with you, but he wasn't going to talk about you. So when the enemy come at him, you see, he couldn't get any other kind of response. And you've won the war. 
you've won the war. The, the staring contest one day will come to an end. And he says, it's, it's time to move on because we, are, we have limited resources and limited time. And we're not winning here. It's taking up too much of our resources. Pack up and move on. You say, well, what if it goes bad and I die? Well, you'll be in heaven. And I don't think you'll get mad at God. What do you mean bringing me here? <laughs> so, so you win either way, right? So praise the Lord. That's why Frank got so excited. George and all them. Even the guy that got burned up, you know, trying to help God. Like, you know, if I was about to fall, I got to help him real quick. He, he's okay. He's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Who wants to be healed right now in Jesus' name? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I call you healed. From the top of your head and you, I call you healed in Jesus' name. I take authority over every situation. His kingdom rules over all. His kingdom reigns over all. So we decree and declare that each of you are healed and whole, restored to the fullness of the life that's in Christ Jesus. That the life of God recreates and restores and makes new and makes whole, revitalizes your bodies. That your youth is renewed just like the eagle in Jesus' name. That that which is is no longer, and that which needs to be healed and restored is replaced now in Jesus' name. He is the physician. He's the great physician. And you don't have to read the reviews on him. He's never had a down day. He's never had a, a bad day. He's never had an uh-oh moment. And he's here. So we awaken, we awaken. We don't just rise up and elevate to that place. We awaken, we open our eyes as in that room, and we see what is and what's around us and what's available to us. And we partake when we, when we awake, we can participate because we see we're there. And now we walk in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.